Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Awesome. Hey, so good to to be here with you today um, and sharing sharing the Word. Didn't Debbie's Word last week just hit home? It was such a epic word in season for us as a church. Um, And in fact, um, if you're uh, watching online this morning as well, massive welcome and shout out to you. Um, And if you're recording and your name is Tristan, massive welcome and shout out to you too. Uh, (laughs) Hey, so we had someone join with us last week online and um, I just, I want to share you a story because it's actually, there's actually a really cool thing that happened. His name is Eric. He was a part of our youth ministry, um, probably 10 to 15 years ago and um, he now lives in in Brisbane and last week uh, Australian time he was woken up around 6 in the morning Uh, he tried to go back to sleep but then his cat started meowing and and he couldn't go back to sleep so what do you do you open social media who does that first thing in the morning Uh, and started scrolling and there and and suddenly Thrive Church popped up onto his onto his um his feed, and 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 he said, I, "I've never watched uh, an online service before in in my life." And he and he thought, "I wonder how this is going to feel." So he had time. So he thought, "Well, I'll just, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll check in. I'll connect." He's not part of a church uh, at the moment, and and he said, "This is as soon as I engaged, I instantly connected, and I felt so much love." pouring out of this place. Even across the sea to me in Brisbane, he said, my heart was open like a rock breaking apart. I felt so much love coming in and going out. I especially love what Deb said and her prayer. I had a really wonderful time. <laughs> so, isn't that amazing? You know, so we're believing for anyone watching today as well that you'd be really impacted by the love of Jesus Christ. I mean, that's what we gather around, isn't it? This is the essence of our faith, is the love of God. And this morning, if you've got your Bible uh, with you, I just want you to go to Exodus uh, chapter 33. Um, and, and the heading at the top of this is the tent of meeting. The tent of meeting, defined as a meeting place between God and and his people. And, and in verse 7, it says, it says this, Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all of the people, all the people rose and stood at the entrance of their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the, a pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't it incredible that we have the Word of God, whether we can access these, these stories, these places of encounter, the, the understanding of who God is to His people through the Word of God. Like, I'm so grateful for this Word. Like, this Word in my life has been like the supreme document, really, the supreme 
letters on every page that have actually spoken to my heart and to my heart that, you know, the, the truth will set you free. And so much of this word has, has become a part of my life. And it's opened up, you know, the love story of God's um, heart towards humanity and and the words of Jesus are, you know, you've probably, you've got a story when you were reading the Word and something struck your heart. The Word is incredible. But I just want to, I want you to consider this there that when Moses went into the tent of meeting, Moses didn't have a relationship with words and with pages. He talked with God. He talked with God. Here's a thought, you know, when we arrive to heaven, Moses isn't going to be standing at the gate handing out Bibles. Oh, this is how you'll get to know God. <laughs> Just go find a quiet place and read. <laughs> we need the Word. <laughs> like, I'm no way. You know me. I love the Word of God. And if you think anything else that I'm demeaning the Word here in any way, you're mistaken. Uh, we, we need to soak in it. We need to meditate on it. We need to be transformed by the Word. But you know, like Moses, we are also invited to transition and live beyond a cognitive natural realm and engage in an intimate relationship with the Father's presence. This, this week, um, I've We've created another week in the series, More Than Words. <laughs> and my message today is called Belonging to His Presence or Belong to His Presence. You know, we truly belong to the presence of God. We were created to live in His presence. Incredible things happen in the presence of God. I can think of camps and, and conferences and things that have happened in my life where we've come together or I've gone somewhere and there's a group of people who just set aside a weekend to lean into God's presence and God does something incredible. You know, we can think to last year's conference. I can think to camps. You can think of what it means to come together. I want to encourage you to, to register for conference. I'm, I was thinking this morning just of when I was up in Hamna, we, we sought God for a weekend. It was Chris Diath and a group of us and we went up into a place and we just went up there to pray. And during this time, I had extreme stomach pain. Like it was really terrible. terrible. I'd been struggling with pain for years. People gathered around me and prayed for me. And then I remember Chris saying this, hey, stop, so everyone stop praying, step back and just allow the presence of God to touch him. And when everyone stepped back, my stomach instantly was healed. Instantly was healed in the presence. So the words were given, the, the, the prayer was given, and then something changed as the presence of God came into my life and healed my, healed my stomach. And just honestly, it was the most profound healing I've ever received. You know, there's something about the presence of God that drives out everything that is in opposition to Him. You know, I love, uh, you know, what's the scripture? 1 John 4, 18, there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. There's a realm, a realm of love, uh, something that goes beyond the text, something that goes beyond the cognitive declaration. And there's a realm of the Father, a realm of heaven that is actually available for us to, to live within. 
and to see manifested in our lives. Let's just look at some more of what happened with Moses here in Exodus 33. I've got a few other scriptures into 34, it says as well. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from the other people on the face of the earth? Siri will. (laughs) So good. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. That's amazing. And then in Exodus 34, but whenever Moses entered the the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil. Moses had a veil because he literally, his face was shining and people found it hard to look at him. And when he came out, they saw that his face was radiant. Exodus 40. Then the the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. You know, there's something incredibly mystical about this. (laughs) something incredibly profound where the manifest presence of God is permitting or omitting people because of the power and the wonder and the glory of His presence. You know the word glory in Hebrew, there's a few meanings. One is weightiness, Um, kavod, the Hebrew word, heaviness. Primarily, this word, though, means glory, respect, honor, and majesty. (laughs) This is our friend, Father God. His presence is profound. Moses had a profound relationship with God. You know, when you follow clouds, have a glowing face, <laughs> Something's going on. <laughs> Something's happening. And, and, and what did he say? He said in Exodus 33 15, I don't want to go with you unless your presence goes with me. I don't want I don't want to step into this next season of my life and you unless you're with me. And and he said this, Moses said this, because at the start of this chapter, the threat was actually real for the absence of of God's presence. The paraphrase of this uh, is that God was going to actually send them off with an angel instead of him to receive their inheritance. But he wasn't going to go with them because their hearts were hard and they were a stiff-necked people. And it actually says, and he might accidentally kill them along the way because he's so annoyed with them. (laughs) So he's protecting them by not going with them. (laughs) See, most of 
these people, most of the Hebrew people, they were actually, they were pretty happy, pretty content to, uh, to look on Moses' relationship and, um, and then for them to be able to arrive in the promised land. But Moses didn't want his inheritance at the cost of the Lord's presence. And the big thought here for me and and maybe for some of you here is do we want what we want more than we want Him? Do we want our way more than we want Him? Do we want stuff? Do we want to be right? Even at the cost of His presence. And what if we ended up getting what we wanted in life or arriving to this destination or point or you know, ta-da. but unknowingly we had left God behind us, you know, weeks, months, years ago. I heard this incredible story this week. I'll just let you that marinate with you. <laughs> I heard this incredible story this week from Eric Gilmore. We had a Harvest Now boot camp meeting down here on, on Wednesday night. Eric Gilmore, he's an evangelist from America, and he was, at this time in his life, he was ministering every Wednesday and Friday in jails in his county. And, and this time, um, at, at this time, he had decided to worship the Lord unbroken for five days. Um, I don't know if that included fasting or sleeping, but he said something like this. I mean, these were his words. He experienced currents and surges of the Holy Spirit. He would lie down and take a rest when he was tired. And then Friday came along and he realized he had forgotten that he needed to be at his Friday um, night jail appointment. So he ran out of the house. He ran to the jail. He went through the security checks there. And as soon as he was allowed into the cell with, with the inmates, he just lifted his hands in front of them and, and started worshiping a cappella. <laughs> He said that he had, at this point, he had lost all consciousness of what other people thought. He had lost consciousness of what he even thought of himself. And, and then at some point, he thought he should open his eyes and, and see what was happening in the room. And he said every inmate was on their faces on the ground. He looked at the clock and thought, oh, I've overstayed my time, quick, uh, preached a quick gospel message and left. Then a few weeks later, he was uh, at a homeless mission and one of the guys from the jail cell was there and he came running up to him and he, and he said, you're the kid, you're the kid. You're the kid in 32, or the 32nd jail week, uh, a few weeks ago and you walked in and you put your hands up and when you did, your face turned into a spotlight and we saw it and we all fell on our faces in fear of the Lord. It's a radical story. <laughs> this puts a new spin on a rise shine for your light has come, right? <laughs> I'm like, whoa, take this, humanity. <laughs> no moment is wasted in God's presence. You don't know what it means for your family, for your community just coming to church. You don't know what it means for your family, for your community, for, your, for spending time in His presence. Nothing's wasted in His presence.
Erwin McManus. I'm reading his book, The Genius of Jesus, at the moment. And he says this, and this might push some buttons. I've always found it odd that when Christians talk about desiring to know the deep things of God, they usually mean growing in the knowledge of the Bible. The deep things of God are never academic. They're always intimate. The deep things of God can only be discovered by love. They can be known by love. We want the mind of God, but what we need is the heart of God. You know, the, the Apostle Paul, um, he was an intellect. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was a religious ninja. He knew the Scriptures like the back of his hands. And in Ephesians 3.19, he says, I've found something that surpasses knowledge. He says, and to know this love, this is after being, you know, the, the beautiful scripture of being rooted and established in his love. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, the thought here is that knowledge has a limitation. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You know, to know God, to know his mind and his heart, it was never intended to be just about information, but about intimacy. And this kind of love, this vulnerable, real love is the kind of love that produces compassion, kindness, and empathy. Things that Jesus kind of made, you know, Made a bit of a deal about, really. In the, in the um, New Testament, there are 59 one another's. And they're, you know, they're, they're the Bible. They're commandments. They're not suggestions. I, I want to read you just a few of them here. Be at peace with one another. Wash one another's feet. Love one another. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. On another, one another above yourselves. Live in harmony with one another. Stop passing judgment on one another. Accept one another then as Christ has accepted you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. We've been there this morning. Or at least Debbie and I did. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. That is not true. <laughs> I haven't kissed her today. <laughs> I did yesterday. <laughs> Okay, have equal concern for one another. Not equal concern for one another's kissing, but just for one another. You can look at that list, I'm sorry. You can shake your head at me. It's fine. My wife is eye-rolling. You can do that as well. (laughs) We could look at this list and look at it as a list and, and just kind of strike a few of those off because of the pressures of the day that we live. And we could start with, you know, a holy kissing uh, for one, because I've talked about that enough. But, you know, we're going to get, um, you know, it's, it's not a good time uh, for kissing one another if you don't know people um, in a holy way because of COVID. Um, I'm going to frame it in that way. I'm going to step right out of this thought train now. <laughs> Help me, somebody. You want the mic? <laughs> Let's just, okay, so. <laughs> I know that I'm winning <laughs> as, a, as a parent when my children show empathy for one another. 
You know, I know when I was a child, I was always looking for the opportunity to gain higher ground over my siblings. Um, <laughs> if, I, if I knew the front seat was available in the car, I would try and be the first person to the front seat of the car to show my dominance and I'd just get the best view, you know. That's what it's all about, the front seat. Um, when children let their siblings have the front seat because they consider their sibling, that's awesome. When, when they choose to walk away, when they could keep arguing, you know, that's awesome. And, and there's a shift as our children grow from just doing the right thing just because they're told to do it to understanding how their response and their behavior can hurt or heal others. And they're maturing from, from being a child. Because mature love, it transcends mere obedience and becomes the response of our heart. You know, occasionally, I'm going to talk about Debbie again. I'm not going to talk about kissing anymore. But occasionally in our marriage, Debbie and I realize that we're just existing disconnected at times. Not often, but at times. And we're like, oh, we're just, we're disconnected here. And we call this the flatmate zone. Oh, we've crossed into just being flatmates. Is any other married couple, you know, can I get a witness? So you guys just, can I get a witness? <laughs> Thank you. Oh, maybe, yeah, that's right. I need a church full of more broken people, obviously. You guys. <laughs> okay, keep going. Time is moving. To, to, anyway, to, to upgrade from the flatmate zone, um, I, we need to experience what love looks like in our relationship again. We need to, cons- I need to consider what it looks like to be devoted to, get to, to Debbie again. I, I don't, I really don't need to look at all the rules and go, oh, have I been devoted? Have I been dirty? Have I been, da-? And, and, and just make sure I'm doing that so my marriage is in order. I, I'm looking to grow an understanding and connection and depth of relationship with Debbie. In Ephesians 5.25, it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her. Jesus gave Himself completely up for His bride, the church. And he, expressed, he, he considered the expression of His devotion to look like going to the cross and, and laying His life down for His bride. He didn't just give the church a whole new bunch of commandments. <laughs> He said, I'm going to do this so that you can really enter in to the Father's presence. And it says this in 2 Corinthians 3 from the Living Bible, we're not like Moses who, who used a veil to hide the glory to keep the Israelites from staring at him. And with no veil, and then in verse 18, and with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. This is the new covenant glory. We're being transfigured into His very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. I mean, this is pretty spiritual today, people. (laughs) And this is spiritual. And this is my last thought, I promise. (laughs) that we were created to thrive in His presence. 
that no one in this room is created to be less spiritual than anyone else. We, he wasn't thinking, I'm going to create front row Christians and back row Christians and in between row Christians and left side. He's thinking, everyone belongs in my presence. Check this out. Psalm 139 verse 7. Where can I go from your presence? Verse 13, for you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You were created by Him in His presence. His presence created you. You belong in His his realm, in the spiritual realm. And maybe it feels like when you, on your grid or on the grid of church, you feel like you come into this environment and you're watching people in this room and it's a bit like you feel like you're the Hebrews watching Moses having this face-to-face conversation with God and you're just like, I got nothing. I just want to reassure you that you got something. (laughs) regardless of whether you feel God's love, whether you have a sense of His presence in your life, Jesus does not invite some people to be closer to Him than others. Ephesians 1.4 is from the Berean Study Bible. For He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in His presence. Most translations say in His sight in that, in that moment. In love, He predestined us for adoption as His sons through Jesus Christ, according to His good pleasure and to the good pleasure of His will. You know, I love this Scripture because it talks about adoption. And when you think of the opposite of adoption, you think of orphan. You think of disconnection and of abandonment. And my heart breaks like I cried watching Despicable Me because there's some orphans in there. But the father, I think he's crying over humanity. (laughs) I think he's crying over his church. (laughs) Because there are some who live as orphans and he's saying it's time to become a son and a daughter and belong in the place that you were created to be in and that is his presence and maybe you're here today and you just you you feel like God doesn't see you you know that's a lie and maybe that's something that you just need to disagree with today God sees you He sees you. He hears your prayers. He's speaking to you. He's speaking over the season of life that you are in. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening.